We're live. Oh, and we're live, huh? <laughs> I had to make sure my um my phone was on silent. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Hello, Chris. Happy hump day. Hey, how you feeling? Uh listen, I'm feeling okay. How about you? I see you sniffing. Yeah, so this whole show, if y'all don't count how many times I sniff, uh, <laughs> I literally have I was on the road today. Um, I got an event that I got to fly to um, tomorrow in Orlando, and then I'll want, be in Huntsville. You want to be in Florida? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So then I got so I got my Nyquil ready for after the show is going right. Nyquil right after the show. Um, I got my antihistamine right. So everything I need. So we are gonna get through the show. If yes. I sneeze, forgive me. We gonna make it happen, though, right? Four days nope. off. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, so we uh, have a great show. We have a great show tonight. Yes, 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 yes. So, guys, so, so we'll go ahead and get started tonight. So, uh, my name is Christopher Bush. I'm Abby Joseph. Hey, look, this is we're coming with you guys another episode of the Red Line. Um, so, we're excited tonight. We got you know action packed some information. Uh, I'm going to go over some questions. We may actually have a a little live question and answer as well um, to kind of go with this tonight. So, uh, go ahead and play our intro. That's Hunter. Say that again. You sniff. What happened? I'm counting your sniffing. Oh, oh, you can't count my sniffing tonight. It's going to be a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a lot of it tonight. So good stuff. So I'm in my, um, I'm here in, where am I today? I'm in Jackson, Mississippi today. So uh, yes, it was crazy. My, um, my Tesla, I had this bringing back. Um, my lease was up because I was waiting on, think about this. So I, uh, I literally, I lease my Tesla. I have a uh, Model Y, but only lease it for two years because the truck was supposed to come out by now, right? Mm. So the only place to drop off your Tesla uh, in Mississippi is like three hours north of me. So I had to come stay with my friend. I'm dropping the car off, and now I got to figure out what I'm going to do until the truck comes out, right? So, um, yeah, we're going to figure. Oh, out. Are you going to wait for the truck, or are you just going to get another Tesla? Well, I want the Tesla truck, but who knows when that's coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually going to buy that one and use it as a tax write-off, right? Because I was going to, right? I was in this section yeah. 179 of the code, yeah. right? Since it'll be yeah. over 6,000 pounds. But you have you have some more time because, you know, they did push that up to 2034, I believe. So you have some time. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. See what I'm going to drive in, in the meantime. So, uh, so oh, come on. Someone branded. Okay. I'm in, I'm actually in Brandon, Mississippi. Uh, somebody just counted. Yeah, I'm actually in Brandon right now. Uh, that's where okay. I'm really located. So good stuff. So let's, uh, what we got tonight? Where do you want to start? Questions? Yes. Questions? yes. <clears throat> let's start off with questions. We had some great questions this week. So let's start off with questions and then we'll, um, we'll, we'll start off with um, presentations. Perfect. So I am going to list the first question that you had coming yeah. to you primarily, right? No problem. Yes. And then we'll go from there. Let's see. Okay. Right, how was that? <clears throat> That's perfect. So we had a que- we had a tax question this week. Um, the question pretty much read, hi, I have um, an LLC that I am not earning any money in. I file a Schedule C each year, but it does me no good. I am a retiree and 
um, and paying money back to the IRS each year. I receive uh, residual income from insurance I have sold, but I am no longer actively selling. Should I eliminate my LLC and just file my 1099s as income? I think Abby said I'm being taxed at 15.4% for having an LLC. Please help. Okay, to the cousin that sent us this question, that's what we're here for. We'd love to help you. So one question I want to ask is, is that LLC, that you created the LLC from your insurance company, for the insurance company? So um, if... um, pretty much your LLC when you when you complete your LLC is for you to be able to um, input all of your expenses that is related to the LLC. So if you if you not um, if you no longer have expense and there's no need for the LLC, then um, yes, you can actually just um, get rid of the LLC. And the best way to do that is to write um, IRS a letter and let IRS know that that LLC is no longer active. Um, And then you can contact your state as well and let them know that LLC is no longer active and you can deactivate that EIN. Um, But if you currently still have a 1099 that you're receiving from selling insurance, you can still deduct expenses as home office expense, any um, any expenses that are um, ordinary and necessary that is related to your business. You still can write off those expenses. Um, regardless if you get rid of the LLC or not, on your 1099, you're still going to be um, <clears throat> taxed, self-employment tax, and it's 15.3%. So regardless if you got rid of the LLC, you will still be taxed, self-employment tax under the 1099. So I hope I answered your question for you. So one, yes, you can get rid of the LLC. You would need to send a letter to IRS to deactivate the EIN and communicate with your state. Two, personally, I wouldn't get rid of the LLC. I would still write off expenses that are ordinary and necessary related to um, um, my business. And um, because I'm still getting taxed at 15.3, regardless, um, from that 1099. Now, now with him having that 1099 there, mm-hmm. does it matter how much income he's receiving from his business, from, from, the, from the insurance? I mean, because to, to get to get rid of that self-employment tax, if you did an S-corp or is there a threshold? Talk to us about that. Well, what I would say is if you're making $50,000 or more, then um, the idea of an escort conversation needs to come in. So if it's less than $50,000, then there's no need because with the escort, it's going to require that he take payroll and then he's going to have to pay payroll tax in it. So the reason why we elect as an escort is because we want to get rid of self-employment tax, right? But even though we get rid of self-employment tax, it is a requirement that you are on payroll if you are going to elect as an escort. So then the question has to be is, is it worth it for me to have an escort? Is it worth it for me to be in payroll? Am I making enough for me to pay myself? Yeah. Right. So with the 1099, if he is making about 50K or more, I wouldn't, got, I wouldn't get rid of the LLC. I would yeah. just make sure I have some ordinary and necessary expense to lower that net income, right? Gotcha. Um, but because regardless, he's going to be taxed on it. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, so um, when it comes to even going for the LLCs and S corps, right? I think that's a big question because a lot of people call me. It's like, Chris, well, hey, let, let me just set up a corporation. Let me just set up a corporation. But they have to understand the thresholds uh, of when you should just have an LLC or should, when you should just act as a sole proprietor or when should you go up to that S corp. So, because if you're not making money, right, 
um, over 50K or, or somewhere on our threshold, then an escort may not be needed just yet. Right. And I want people to always realize um, any anytime we're talking about finances, um, it's all it's always a, a gradual increase going up. What I mean by that is this. Sometimes financial strategies make sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Right now. Sometimes they don't. I see a lot of things on the Internet saying, hey, we can do these because the rich people do this or the wealthy people do it like this. But again, if, if, if it may be a situation to where if you're not wealthy yet, if you're not rich yet, those yeah. those type of strategies may not pertain to you right now. Right. And I think some, that's, and that's OK. Are, and that's OK. I think that's some people okay. get in trouble a little bit by trying to get ahead of strategies before their finances say that I'm ready. Does that make oh sense? It makes perfect sense because I'll get people that is watching influencers and in Instagram that says get a trust under that trust. Get a multi, multi um, a multi member have a um, beneficiary under that trust that owns a multi-member, then get a 501c3. Or you'll hear all of this stuff, but you have to understand, sweetheart, the, the people that actually do these things, they have assets. Okay, if we do get a trust, what are we putting in the trust? What exactly. assets? If exactly. we if we don't have any assets, then it's not necessary. Now, are these informations great? Yes, they are, but they need to be relatable, right? They, yes. they it needs to make sense. Yes. So then I'll get I'll get people that will call me. Hey, Abby, I've watched this. Can I do this? No, you can't. Well, yes. why can't I do this? Well, and then it'll start off with this is what the rich people do. That's because they're rich, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, prior to that, that's not what they were doing. They were doing a single member LLC. Yeah. And, and again, so, and I even speak for myself, um, yeah. you know, I've been an advisor for 14 years now. Right. When I was 22 years old and I started this business and I got into the industry, there's things that I just wasn't ready for when I was 22. And right. Okay. And, and, and again, but again, as, as my income grows as a business owner now. Right. As I make more money. OK, boom, I can implement this this year. Boom, I can implement that this year. So I think that's what we're going to have to do a great job at Addy, uh, Abby. As we go along with our show, I really want to, you know, I really want to help people understand what are these wealth links and when to put in the next link. Does that make sense? When to make, make sure. OK, when I, I love puzzles. Right. So when I have a puzzle, of course, we're going to do the outside first. Right. There's there's an order to that. Does that make sense? And that's why we want to get that that perfect order when yeah. it comes to our finances as well. Yeah. So thank you for bringing up that part. No uh, Boris. So my question um, tonight is going to be a, probably a little bit more lengthy. So let's do this, Abby. Uh, why don't you go into your portion of your information no and then we'll end on my question because mine's going to be like a it's not just a question. It's going to be a teaching moment as well. Right. Perfect. So we can do it all together. How does that sound? Perfect. perfect. Okay, so um, I get this question because my niche is traders and investors. I get this question a lot. What is the difference? What is the difference between a, a trader and an investor? Not in the stock market, but what are the differences when it comes to IRS? So tonight, I want to kind of break that down for you guys. And I want to break it down so you guys can understand, okay, who are you in the stock market and how IRS sees you in the stock market are two different things. So let's let's actually go to if you are in front of your computer, read along with me. Let's go to iOS.gov, you guys. Let's go to iOS.gov. You're making us bring up all the stuff, right? Not, not, not shoot nothing from the hip. Right. I always, <laughs> I always tell people like uh, when I present, I'm always going to bring up Google. I'm always going to be the researcher. Yeah. But sometimes people won't believe me. Right. We got we got to do yeah. research together. 
right? So we gotta do all this stuff. So we go, we gonna go to the we're gonna go to the source. We're gonna go to the source. We're literally gonna go to iOS.gov. Once you get to iOS.gov, guys, I want you to go to publication 429. We're going, yeah, I'm teaching tonight. <laughs> so we're gonna go to publication 429. So now we're gonna go over what iOS says an investor is. IRS states that investors typically buy and sell securities and expect income from dividends, interest, and capital appreciation. I want you to highlight these three words. So as an investor, my goal is to build passive income through dividends, interest, or capital appreciation. Now, when I buy and sell these securities, I hold them for personal investment. I'm not conducting a trade or business. And most investors are individuals who hold these securities for a long period of time. Here's the word I want you guys to look, a long period of time. So we sell these securities and result in capital gains and losses, which we report in this form here. We report that on the Schedule D, right, on our 1040, our capital gains and losses. And also we report the activities on form 8949, all right? So investors are subject to capital loss limitation, all right? And the great thing about an investor is that you pay less on tax as an investor. Anything that you hold for over a year, IRS considers that as a long-term invest investment. So in IRS eyes, that is who an investor is, all right? Now, let's go to trader. IRS says there's special rules that apply if you're a trader in securities and the business of buying and selling securities for your own account. The law considered this to be a business. Even though a trader doesn't maintain inventory and doesn't have customer to be engaging in business as a trader in security, you must meet those followings. Remember, IRS says, who are the securities, right? Who are the investors? We were looking to build income from dividends, interest, or capital appreciation. Whereas traders is considered this to be a business, even though you're not maintaining inventory. The beautiful thing, my beautiful part of this is this quote here. IRS states in here, you'll see I say it all the time. IRS says, if the nature of your trading activities doesn't qualify as a business, you're considered an investor and not a trader. It doesn't matter whether you call yourself a trader or a day trader, you're an investor. Okay. So far, you guys are with me. So you're not. So when you are in the stock market, some of you call yourself, oh, I'm a scalper. I'm a day trader or I'm a, I, I trade leaps or I'm a swing trader. In, real, in reality, to IRS, you're an investor. You're not a trader. At any point that you are trading under your social security number, this is how IRS sees you as an investor, not a trader. So IRS says, okay, and or if you are in, if you are a trader, you need you need to meet the following conditions, and these are conditions. Those are conditions are you must seek to profit from a daily market movement and the prices of securities and not from dividends, interest, or capital appreciation. That's an investor. Your activities must be substantial 
And you must carry on the activity with continuity and regularity. So what IRS is pretty much saying in here is that you need to be in the stock market daily. You, you need to be trading. You need to be a profitable trader. You must seek to profit daily. Um, it cannot, you can't be in the stock market this month and you're not, or this quarter or not. Now it's in here, it says the following act in circumstance should be considered and determined if your activity and the securities trading business. And what are those? You need your typical holding period of when you bought and sold. That means um, whatever security you purchase, it needs to be daily. It needs to be weekly and it needs to be under 30 days. The frequency and dollar amount of your trades during the year, meaning if you're trading with $500, you, you, this is, this is, the dollar amount is not enough, guys. Okay? So um, you need to be a profitable trader. The extent to which you pursue the activity to produce income. So this needs to be what you do to make money. You, you, this needs to be, you need to be in the stock market for at least four hours per day. And that includes research. That includes you being in trading view, you being in TOS, you doing your technical analysis, you doing your fundamental analysis. You need to be in the stock market for about four hours or more daily, every day. You need to trade about 720 trades per year. That's about three to four trades per day. The amount of time you devote to this activity, this is when IRS will consider you as a trader. This is why IRS says, listen, if the nature of your trading activities, right? So as a taxpayer, you may, you may trade in some securities and may hold other security for investment. So people ask me, Abby, can I do both? Yes, you can. You can be a trader and an investor. But if you are going to be a trader, then you need to make sure that you are trading as a business, not as an investor. So you need to know the difference because you are taxed differently. You are taxed differently as a trader than as an investor. Anything that is over a year, you are capped at 20%. When I say cap, that means that's the most you can pay. But um, investors usually pay between 8 to 12% tax. They're not paying no 37%. A trader is capped at 37%. So a trader has... Um, has more tax liability. So that's why IRS says in here too, which is my favorite part, IRS says, hey, listen, if you are going to be trading under an entity, all right, you can report your business expenses under a Schedule C on your on your um, 1040, your profit or your loss from the business as either a sole proprietor or single member, whatever your entity name is, right? Um, you can report your business expense under Schedule C. And not only that, look what IRS says. Under mark-to-market election, traders can choose to use mark-to-market election rules. Investors can't. You can't. And another beautiful thing that is important for you to know as a trader, this is why if you are going to be trading under an entity, it's very important that um, you um, that entity is specifically for trading because your gains and your losses from selling security from a trader aren't subject to self-employment tax. So if you're trading under that LLC, you are not subject to self-employment tax because the only thing you are doing on the Schedule C is inputting your expenses. What are your expenses? 
um, the trading group you and that you are paying um, on for in that Discord or trading view your um, um, your what is it pres- um, subscriptions um, anything uh, home office expense anything that is ordinary or necessary related to trading um, you can actually deduct as those expense. So next week, I do want to go over mark to market because I get so many questions on mark to market election. But now you can see what is the difference between an investor and what is the difference between a trader. So a lot of you are out there in the stock market. You are investors. You're not traders. In the stock market, you may consider yourself as a trader. But to IRS, you are not a trader. You are an investor. Does that make sense, Chris? It does. It does. I, I mean, go through publication 429, guys, and, and 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 send me questions that you guys have. But if you are going to be in the stock market, it's important for you to know how IRS sees you and how you are seen in the stock market is two different things. It is definitely two different things. All right. What question? If Do you guys have any questions for me? <laughs> I see some of the comments. I mean, just kind of. It's just not if, um, that many trades, you're getting clapped, right? So I, I think people have to understand, yeah. you know, I, I guess maybe they're referring to the, maybe that the, the four hours that you have to be in trading per day or mm-hmm. the number of trades that you have to make on a yearly basis, right? Um, yeah. and, that, and that's where that, that risk management does take a huge effect, right? If you're, yes. if you're day trading, right? Um, oh, you'd be amazed. We have like, you'll have people that does 10 trades a day. I mean, yeah. it all depends on what are you trading. If you're trading futures, if you're trading Forex, or if you're trading options, right? So you'll have people that trades 10, 12 trades a day. Um, so remember, options is not the only um um, area of trading. So yes, that four hour, um, some people will trade between nine to 11 futures is open 24 hours. So the, um, there's the option is, is wide open and how many trades you can trade daily. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed when you look at a 1099B. And one of these days, I'll go over um, how to read a 1099B with you guys. But you'll be amazed reading, look, going over a 1099B and seeing that someone made 2,000 trades in a year. So what, what do you what do you kind of see or uh, help people understand in industry um, if they are trying to reach that that trader tax status? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how many people actually truly qualify for it? And is it a difficult thing to qualify for? Or is it something like, hey, the moment that they start trading, um, they should focus on that? Or is it a time period? Or is there a goal in mind or how much money they should have grown their account by? Like, give us some some matrix on what that looks like for us, for them to kind of understand when they should be, uh, you know, looking at getting the LLC or um, getting that trader tax status. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Oh, Definitely. The, the scenario where IRS is explaining TTS, which is trader tax status, or even trading under an entity, are for profitable trader. So if you just got into the stock market, you need to master your craft. Your goal should not be to be trading under a TTS or to be trading under an uh, entity. The goal should be for you to master your craft. So this, this is for individual that that are profitable traders. These are individuals that um, that are trading 
25 to 100K. So this is not the, um, the individual that just got in the stock market and that's learning what is ticker Apple is. So this is not, this is not day one type stuff. And it is not really determined by how long you've been trying to make trading work. It's really about your results, right? Your account balance, those type things. Right. Cause I think sometimes some people say, Hey, Chris, man, I've been trading for two years, three years, but should I get this LLC now? Right. Well, again, it's not about your, the years or how long you're trading. Right. It's about those true results and uh, what we got to get you guys to on now. I love that. Yeah. And if you are qualified, if, if, because the thing is, there's not a IRS don't have like this application that you complete that says, you know what, I qualify for TTS or I qualify for mark to market. What IRS did was these, these um, requirements came from back um, court cases that individual went through. The IRS came with those yeah. requirements. So there's not really at any day IRS can say, listen, we don't offer TTS anymore. Gotcha. Anytime. Yep. Good stuff. Well, Good stuff. I love it. I love it. I think we, I don't know if we have any, any questions. Uh, in, okay. So I'm trading a prop firm funding account. I get 10 and nines to my LLC. What are option tax deferment? Um home office expense, those ordinary and, and necessary expenses. So your 1099, your 1099 is just like that 1099 that insurance um, representative received. It's the same way, yeah. right? The only biggest difference is that, you know, when with your Schedule C, on his Schedule C, he has to put his total income and then he writes off his expense. On your Schedule C, all you're putting is the expense. You still have to complete Form 8949 and input your profit and your loss. So you're not subject to self-employment tax. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff, Miss Abby. I Come love on IOS.gov. Right. IRS. After the Bible, it's my favorite book. Come on. We got to read the boring stuff sometimes. It'll save her life. Hey, 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 um, come here. Hey, guys, I'm at my friend's house and he came and busted, uh, busted. In- <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's on, he's on the show with me today. Sorry, right? Oh, that's good. Okay. We're good. We can always have companies. <laughs> <laughs> we can always have company. Right. Always, always have company. Right. And look, he, he heard you speaking, right? He just couldn't wait. He was so excited to come in. Right. <laughs> Right, so that's how you guys know we're live. This is not pre pre taped, right? This we we all live, ready to go. We are live, y'all. <laughs> all right, uh, so Jeremiah, let me see. Jeremiah asks, "What is uh, what is LL, what LLC is best for setting up trading company?" Um, you could do a single member LLC. It could be a multi member LLC. Multi member LLC meaning you have a partner. There's a partnership. Um, if let's. I mean, we have traders that are making $300,000, $500,000 in the stock market where, make, where they're electing as an S-corp. They are taking payroll. They're literally running this as a business, which it is, and it should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Yep. All right. So is that you You cool with yours or what else? Is it on me? Yes. That's all. It's all on you. It's all on it's you. all on me now, right? So we're going <laughs> to... Uh, I had a pretty lengthy question in uh in the uh email bag, right? Mm. So let me pull up my slideshow guys real quick. Boom, 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 got that. 
So, oh, and I just want everybody to, to know, just make sure if you have questions, please make sure that you go ahead and email us so we can make sure we address them, right? Mm -hmm. Emails at the top right here. So it's actually at help at the comeupseries.co. It's not .com. So if you put .com on there, we're not getting it, right? So it is .co, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good stuff. So on this question right here, so this is a pretty, you know, again, a, a little bit lengthier question that has a lot to unpack that I want to kind of walk through. Right. So the first part, she says, hey, look, I was wondering why you, you know, this is coming from my previous episodes. Right. So says, I wonder why you want all of your money, all, all of your money to fund the three fund, the three accounts be put into one brokerage account and then um, then uh, phrase out by the brokerage account. Right. So think about like this. It's not that you don't have to have just one brokerage account. To where if you're able to link from your payroll department right to go to one brokerage account you can do that however some people can't go to multiple different accounts inside their payroll right you know how you can add your bank account in the back of your payroll mm -hmm. right um so if you don't have the option to do more than two or more than three you can just have it go into one brokerage account and then that one brokerage account can fund your other accounts okay through the brokerage company yes but again if your back office allows you to have multiple different bank accounts then honestly what i help my clients do is I'll have them put the routing and account number in for their emergency fund, for their short-term account, for their Roth IRA or traditional directly into their payroll system. So that way that it automatically gets phased out to directly to that account. So it doesn't have to go to one. It can go to three separate ones as long as your system that where you work can support that. Does that make sense? Did I get that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And boom, boom, boom. Next part of the course. So she says, so, okay, so I'm six years old and I started with the come up series about two years ago. I thought I had a nice plan going with the options, but like many others, I have to pivot, right? Most of 2023 got crushed and 2024 options are fighting for survival, right? Portfolios down about 60%. Okay. So one thing again, guys, I mean, this kind of goes to kind of risk management, um, understanding your portfolio, where you guys are. Um, I know like a lot of times we're talking about options and we're talking about trading a lot of times, but remember, it's okay to make sure that before you step into trading and doing a lot of options or futures or those type things, it's okay to have, again, a, a basic long-term portfolio, right? It's, it's not sexy to talk about sometimes, right? Trading is a little bit more sexy, but we got to understand that, again, there's different levels, right? I tell people, look, let's have a, let's have a fully funded emergency fund account, right? Um, let's make sure we have a short-term account. Let's make sure we're contributing long-term into our, our, our Roth IRA, traditional IRA. Let's get that foundation solid, okay? Before we start doing all the fancy stuff with trading and we end up losing money sometimes, let's, let's do the unsexy part first, right? Let's get that foundation set. So guys, if we have a downside in the market, if we are learning to trade and we blow up on an account, right? That type of stuff, it doesn't mess up our foundation. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, Abby? It right? I don't, I, don't, I don't want it to, you know, trading should be a compliment to our financial plan, oh, right? Wow. right? Oh, wow. It should be a compliment to our financial plan until, right? Because there are some people on this on our show that listen to us that they're phenomenal at trading, Abby, yeah. right? And trading may be their deal. Trading may be their foundation. It's not for everybody. Exactly. But it, it, I don't even think about what I'm saying, even out loud. Even if trading is your, even if, if you're really good at trading, yeah. at the same time, I would still have a solid foundation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Because I, I understand with the market, market is going to be long term. Over yeah. the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, 30 years, the market, we're we going to be in a, in a great position, right? Yeah. That's why right now we have during these turbulent times, right, with the feds and interest rate hikes and banks going everywhere, right? It's yeah. still a great time to invest for the long term because these it's just giving us opportunities. For the last year and a half, we just had so many opportunities to invest 
right for a long term to get the, get those good positions. Make yeah. sense? Um, but again, I'm just want to stress enough, like it's okay. Like let's build that foundation. So anytime we have a trading blow up, it, it's going to be okay. Right. Boom. Let's go to the next part. So I sold my co-op uh, my co in Brooklyn and I, and I bought a house in Atlanta. Right. Went from the right from the north, north to the south. Right. Uh, pros and cons up to that move. Uh, more, more peace of mind, a little equity left over. However, uh, 401k took a major hit, hit since I did not have funds for down payment, closing costs, remodeling in order to sell. Guys, this is this goes back to kind of making sure, again, that foundation is so, so important, right? Y'all know on all my episodes, I probably talk about the three fundamental accounts a lot, yeah. right? But the reason why is because I don't want you to use your retirement account as a checking account. I don't want you to use your retirement account as a savings account, right? It's meant to be long term. Let's not, even though we can, people say, Chris, well, I have money in my 401k. I'm able to take some money out of it up to $10,000 to invest into a home. Even if we can do that, if we don't get penalties on it, if we have to do it, okay, cool. But if you don't have to do it, I'd rather people just leave that money there, right? Let it, let that be the purpose for that money, right? That's why we have those three accounts because it's all about purpose, right? And the purpose is determined by the timing that you have so that you need to touch that money, right? So if we have a wealth building account, even if it's not a 401k, if we're having an account that we're contributing to for wealth, okay, let's leave it there for tw- for 10 years. Let's leave it there for 20 years. Let's not touch it. Make sense? Um, but boom, we, 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 where we are. Sometimes we have to make those decisions because even though in this case, you know, she had to tap into her 401k, it still put her in a better position because that peace of mind is also important, right? Yeah. So that's what I want to let everybody know that sometimes, you know, financial decisions aren't like, aren't like technical decisions. Sometimes they're feeling decisions, right? The um, emotional decisions, yeah. Say that again? They are emotional decisions. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I think one of the biggest ones is when it comes to like buying a home, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, Chris, you know, should I buy a home or should I rent, right? Is renting a waste of money or should I go buy a home? Right. I guess the numbers say sometimes, right, if, if your home is not willing to pay you anything, your home is not an asset. Correct. Yeah. Right. The, your own home that you live in is not an asset. Right. So it, it doesn't pay you money. It, you ha- it costs you money. So that's a liability. So sometimes when people sit down with me. Right. And ask me, hey, what's better? Should I rent or should I go buy a home? Well, it, it really depends it, from a, if you want me to be technical based on the numbers. I'm going to say, well, based on your income, based on your amount of money you have saved. Okay, may, maybe let's hold off on buying that home. Yeah, right? we may, it may be best to rent. Yeah. However, if, if you're married and your wife wants a home, and as a man, it's going to bring her that peace of mind, right? For her to have a home and for her to have be able to decorate and her to feel like, okay, I'm not in this apartment scrunched up. Then we may we may, again, it's not a financial decision we're making. It's yeah. making a decision based on our peace of mind, where we are. How is this going to feel for my wife? How is that going to look right? So it's more to just money than just the technical part of it. The financials of it, you have to bring money and emotions into it at the same time, right? Yeah. And I think that's a big thing to kind of understand when I'm doing like money counseling. Like I always say, I have to do marriage counseling when it comes to money, uh, you know, with different problems, right? So, yeah. uh, boom, that's on that part. So let's go, let's keep on going. So now working um, to get another plan going, um, I have a few questions uh, about what's the next step to be. Let's go to the next part. Boom. Um, these uh, these are some thoughts on my mind, right? Take $10,000, right? Up for $30,000 for an emergency fund, then figure out what to do next, okay? Second thing, she says, I am tempted to pay off my freedom debt relief where my monthly payments are about $622 a month, which will be which will not be over until maybe May of 2024, okay? I highlighted this for a reason, okay? If you have debt, I don't know if you guys seen those commercials or Facebook ads, 
or Instagram ads about debt settlement, okay, or debt relief, right? So those are companies to where, let's say that you have, I don't know, call it $50,000 in credit card debt, okay? So some people say, well, Chris, I can't keep up with my payments. You know, maybe I should think about filing for bankruptcy, right? Or those type things. So debt settlement is pretty much in between. It's a way to where you can settle your debt with these companies, but you guys got to understand the ramifications of that, okay? Using debt settlement companies, number one, this is what they do. So let's say you have that $50,000 in debt. Let's say that you're paying, I don't know, let's say $1,000 a month in credit card bills, okay? So what Freedom Debt Relief does is they'll look at your accounts, they'll do an assessment and say, you know what, we can settle these accounts on pennies for the dollars or anywhere between 40 to 60% of that balance owed, okay? So they'll typically put you on like a 48-month plan, right? Normally a, a four-year plan, right? Or a 36-month plan to say, hey, look, instead of you paying $1,000 a month every single month to all these credit cards and you're never going to get out of debt and you're attempting to file bankruptcy, what we're going to do is this, right? Why don't you pay us $622 a month, right? And you're going to pay it to a separate account, okay? You're not going to pay your actual debts. You're going to pay that $622 to a separate account with Freedom Debt Relief, Okay. So what they do is now, now when they have enough money saved up into that account, that separate account, now that you have not paid your credit card bills for six months, three months, 12 months, a year, those credit card bills go delinquent, Abby, right? So you're going to take a major hit on your credit report. So I always tell people, if you're going to do the debt settlement route, understand that you're going to have right a period of time where your credit score is going to go down to like less than, you know, in the 500s or less, right? Because you're not paying those credit card bills. Right. Your payments are not going to the creditors. They're going to Freedom Debt Relief or the settlement agency. Okay? So why would somebody do that? Well, maybe they don't want to file bankruptcy because the bankruptcy now it may be 17, you know, 10 years where it's going to be a bankruptcy is going to be on a report versus they can kind of withstand. This, OK, so I'm so glad you say this Chris, <laughs> because that's another problem I have. I love you guys, influencers, nothing against any influencers out here in social media. But can you guys please stop telling people to get these American Express? Stop telling these people to get these credit cards because everyone's situation is different. Maybe, yes, you able to get American Express and then, you know, put five thousand dollars on it on your your trips, your business expense, and then pay it off. Not everybody is able or not everybody is disciplined. If you're not disciplined, it is not good to get these credit cards and get these line. Listen, I am a firm believer that I do not believe in using my own money for nothing. So don't misunderstand me, right? I don't believe in using my cash or my money for anything. But make sure influencers, people that you guys are listening to on social media, Make sure you do your own DDs as you follow them, especially the ones that are telling you to go get this trust, go get, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and nothing behind it. If it is not a business attorney, you need to take 2% off of what they're saying or go do your own due diligence and find out if what they're saying is aligned with your situation. Yes. When it comes to fi finance, everybody's situation is not the same regardless if the picture is perfect nobody's situation is the same that is just so scary that you just said that so literally it doesn't even go to to the credit cards it just just sits there yeah so they have to build so money has to build inside the account because what happens is this so mm -hmm. as they don't pay the credit cards what do the yeah. credit card companies want to do now they're going to want to come after you right so basically you get power attorney up to like, again, a freedom debt relief. Um, and they're supposed to answer your calls or screen the calls or speak with them. 
and try to negotiate a settlement offer. Well, since something has been delinquent, well, the credit card companies don't want you to file bankruptcy. Why is that? They ain't going to get paid. They ain't going to get paid. So they don't want you to file bankruptcy. So what they're going to do now, they want to reach out to you and say, you know what? Let's let me let's do a settlement together. Yeah. Let's have an arrangement. Right. So maybe let's say you have this American Express and let's say that you owe ten thousand dollars on this American Express. Mm. Right. Freedom Debt Relief on your on your behalf, may, you know, they may say, OK, well, now the American Express came back to us and said, you know what? You know, we'll actually negotiate and give you a settlement for six grand instead of you have to pay the ten thousand dollars. OK. Right. So, see, it would take it would take your payments down drastically. So then what happens, what Freedom Debt Relief does, all those months that you were spending that six hundred and twenty two dollars put inside that account. Now they would take that money to use that to settle off American Express. Mm. OK. So they, I'm so learning, they, guys. I'm learning, <laughs> right? So that's what debt settlement. Now, again, there there is a sometimes a place for it, right? Yes. Because I don't really like people falling falling for bankruptcy. Because a lot of times, as people are in financial, um, you know, they're hurting financially from a credit card situation or unsecure um, loans or lines of credit. It, it, it's 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 tough to come out of it, right? I get it. Sometimes you want to file from bankruptcy. But one thing that I don't like is that if you uh, directly talk to an attorney, that's the first thing they're going to recommend. Why? Because that's how they get paid. Of course, they're going to recommend a bankruptcy because that's how they get paid. But a lot of times I sit down with so many people to where, OK, they thought that they needed to file bankruptcy, but we really can negotiate some of this debt. Plan. We can help you raise your credit score. We can look at your overall what financial plan so yeah. you don't have to file bankruptcy. And, li and li let's see what other options you can have. Does that make yeah, sense? Perfect. So I think that part is important. Again, there's sometimes where it does make sense to do that settlement. But understand, they do take a hefty fee mm -hmm. off this. Right. And all they're really doing is they're they're being disciplined because yeah. as an individual, they actually can do this themselves. However, it's a lot to keep up with as well. Right. But again, the fee is typically high, sometimes up to 20 to 30 percent of what they negotiate for you. Right. Because all they're doing is just letting the, let, letting the credit cards go delinquent. Right. Mm -hmm. Then they reach out to the creditor. They're going to send you a payment. Say, hey, look, let me let me negotiate this 15 percent, 20 percent, 40 percent and pay it off and be done with it, right? But you will have a ding on your credit report, okay? Wow. Um, so that, that's just, uh, again, a good teaching moment on that. I wanted to kind of go over debt settlement and help okay. you guys understand how that works. And because again, sometimes it's good for you, sometimes not, but again, let's, let's, let's look at your full financial plan, okay? Second part, it says um, the aqua water finance. So you have a water treatment uh, system in your house. I was actually looking at doing a water treatment system in, a, in my house. Uh, my sister did it. How does she like it? It's awesome. Even like the shower, your water, when you shower, it makes a huge difference. It's a lot softer. It's softer. Um, it, it even have an effect when you water your grass. Come on. Um, when you do your laundry. Okay, I'm not advertising for them, okay? Okay, you probably need to get we probably need to get an affiliate link next next time we do this, right? And <laughs> <laughs> make sure right. link, a link in the bio, right? I will uh, literally go to my sisters to drink water. Come it's, on. So much better. It's so it does. It does make a huge difference. Right. And it, and it makes cooking good, too. The there it is. Too. There it is. Right. So what Freeman said for the house, but did not realize that finance was based on a revolving credit line at 10.10.9 opposed to a, a straight 10.9 interest with a fixed payment. So I need to get rid of that. Guys, that part is huge. OK, yeah. that's one thing I want people to look at as well. Talking about credit. If we have credit card debt, um, I want you to list all your credit cards, your balance, minimum payment and interest. I want you to go go through that interest rate. Right. I had a client last week on her normal credit card that she uses the most. She didn't realize that it was at 35 percent interest. 
right? Her, and this is the one that yeah. she uses, right? And she carries a balance on that. But she never looked at the interest that was accumulated. She just always paid that balance off during tax time, right? So, so, so we got to make sure, guys, when we're when we're buying things, it's a big difference on revolving credit and fixed credit, right? So right, one of my goals is this. Let's look at all your credit card debt and let's see if we can convert that credit card debt to a fixed payment, right? And not have anything revolving, right? Because again, that's going to help your credit score. It's going to help your credit utilization to remove things from your, your revolving credit line to your, mm -hmm. fixed, credit, um, your fixed loan, right? Yeah. And um, you can do that with, right? One of the, the, again, a lot of people hate credit karma, right? But- uh, Listen, I hate, I hate anything that, listen, <laughs> I, we're going to have, we got to have, we're going to have a guest speaker for credit cards because Draco, I'm with you. Me and these credit cards, I hate them. And every time I cut mines, I re I just order them all over again and we use them. So yeah, we gotta get our credit cards in order. Yeah, so but on the, yep, so on the on the credit I forgot what I was about to say, Abby. What was I talking about? We were talking about the um the, the credit limits. Her credit was thirty it was taking oh, 30 Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, credit card. We said credit karma, that's right. Yeah. So, so I'm sorry guys. I'm <laughs> So when we're talking about credit karma, I said, I don't this, their, their scores aren't that great. However, mm -hmm. I like the way credit karma reports, meaning yeah. like what I can see on their credit, right? Mm -hmm. What's what's negative, what's bad, those type things. So, I mean, there's better softwares, but it's just, they make it so simple on their on their, their UI. I guess that's what I'm, Mark mm -hmm. would say their UI, their user interface, right? Their UI is really good. And then I also like the fact that you understand your different loan options if you need to refinance your credit card debt, right? I, I like that all in one place. It, it's always worked um, for me when I'm working with clients. Now there's some other tools that I can use as well that I typically go to, but just as a first pass, like a quick little bill, Abby, when I'm assisting somebody's credit card debt, what we can do, I kind of go to credit karma first, Let's go through it a high level, right? Position, look at what you're qualified for, how much credit card debt you have, what's your little utilization. I like to look at that real clean and smooth and we move on, right? Um, okay. So boom, that's a huge point on that, okay? Um, it says, otherwise, boom, is gonna take uh, seven to 10 years to pay it off, twice the cost or more, right? Everyone likes to say, don't use your money to pay off debt, but use your money to make money to pay your debt, right? I think you just talked about that, Abby. In that order. Right, you should say that again. I said in that order, I agree. Right, and, and again, I, I agree as well. Like sometimes, <laughs> but that is after. That's after you have your debt in order. Yeah, that's after you don't start using other people's money when you already in debt. After exactly. you have your 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 debt in order, then you know you have cash flow, you have money. Then don't use your money. We're yeah. talking about if you already have money, right? Don't use your money. But the idea of just building these credit cards or line of credit, I don't care who the influencer is, do your due diligence before you yeah. go get these American Express and then just piling debt. Because at the rate that we are going in this recession, it's not cute. Yeah. You know, yeah. the credit card's gonna eat up your cash. Yeah. And I always tell people, you know, we got to secure the bag first. Right. Yeah. So when it comes to credit cards or paying something off before using somebody else's money, you know, if somebody if you got credit cards that are 20 percent plus, yes, it may it may make sense because you're learning how to invest. Hey, look, instead of let's say you got ten thousand dollars in credit card debt. OK, mm -hmm. you have a choice. Hey, should I take this ten thousand dollars in credit card? I'm sorry. If you have ten thousand dollars in the bank, let me let, I want to know what you guys would, would do. Right. You got ten thousand dollars in the bank. OK. OK. Let me let, how can I, I want to do this really good. Let's say uh -huh. in your emergency fund, 
you have twenty thousand. Yeah, you, let's say you got twenty thousand dollars saved up. Okay. You got credit card debt of thirty five thousand. I'm gonna give you a perfect one. I have thirty five thousand dollars worth of credit cards, right? Debt. I have twenty. I have twenty thousand dollars in my emergency account. Okay. Right. So, um, what other accounts I have? But who cares about those accounts? So, should I put that twenty thousand dollars in those credit cards and pay them off? and start all over again in my emergency or keep my emergency money and just pay the minimum on those credit cards. I'm going to make, I'm going to make Chris work for me y'all. So I was, <laughs> sorry, I had a sneeze. I had to blow my nose and stuff. Sorry about that. I don't want y'all on camera. Have me on, right. So, so you said, Hey, look, I got 20 K in emergency fund. I got $35,000 in credit card debt. What would I do? Right. Should you pay, should you use some of your emergency fund money to pay off the credit card debt or should you use some of that emergency fund money to invest? Is that what you're going to ask? Yeah. So, so again, this is, this is the crazy one, right? So for me, right. I want to look at what is our, before we start paying extra on credit card debt, I want to make sure that today is taken care of. Right. I think that's one of the biggest things that people look at. Right. Because think about this, guys. Every single year people say, hey, look, I'm going to use my tax. I'm going to use my taxes. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use my taxes to pay off my what? My credit cards. They do that. They say that every single year. They don't. Right. So 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 what happens if, if you pay, if you use your credit, if you use your tax return to pay off your credit mm-hmm. card debt every single year, that just means that you never established an emergency fund. So that means that every so and the minute that you pay off all your credit card, because you never paid yourself first, you got to go back and use the credit card again. Does that make okay, sense? Can, okay, can we can we pay them off, cut them off, and then start building our well, emergency? No. So this this would be my, this would be my order. Number one, if I have credit card debt, I want to be I, I want to know is my credit score high enough that I can refinance my credit card debt or any of my debt. That's the first thing I want to okay, find. Out. It's not high. Okay, so if it's not high, now we got to see. Okay, why is it high? Is there any way that I can help build your credit score up? Right? Can I help okay. build your credit score up so I can refinance? So income to debt ratio is not good. Okay, Lord, you give me every single problem in the key, right? So, right. So, but again, this is the order that I'm t- talking on, right? Number one, can I re- can, can I re- can I refinance? Right. Okay, so, so we can refinance these credit cards. We can refinance them into other credit cards with zero interest. That gives us a time frame to pay them off. Yes. Maybe I can get a zero percent. Like I can, yeah. like the city, the city platinum card. I think has yeah. twenty four months zero percent interest. Yeah. Right. So I, I may be able, I may be able to do that. I may be able to take some of my my uh, my my credit cards and put them on a fixed interest loan. Yeah. Right. To lower my minimum payments. Right. So then I want to look at, okay, how much money do I have in savings? I want to have a minimum, at least one month of income in savings. So I got my checking account. It's going to cover my bills and expenses. Do I have at least one month uh, in my savings account to cover my bills and expenses? Yeah. Right. If I have that, then I want to have at least two months minimum in my emergency Mm -hmm. fund of, of expenses. Okay, so until, until I have that, until I have that, if I have extra money, I'm not putting extra money on the credit cards just yet. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. But if I do have a little bit of extra money, let's say you in that 20 grand of savings, you may have five thousand dollars. Okay, so let's use that five thousand dollars. Let's pay this off sooner. But let me go through a debt elimination program, right? Let me go through the I may use a snowball or the avalanche, or I may use um the, the cash flow index that we'll talk about here in, in, in uh, uh, on a pre uh, next show, right? So those are three ways that we can eliminate debt. So okay. again, it's not an easy answer. It's all about the person. There's multiple things that go into what we should do. But I guess what we're trying to get to is this. If you have credit cards and if you have the money to pay off the, pay off the credit card debt and your credit cards are at like 20%, paying off the credit card debt gave you a 20% rate of return. Yeah. You immediately have a 20% rate of return by paying yeah. off credit card debt. That's true. Right? Oh, I can get 20% in the market. 
again, if you're a trader and you know how to, perfect. I'm not talking to you. But at the same time, think, and this, yeah. if you agree with me on this, I, and I know this may, I hate to say this, but think about it. if you, if you, this is how you know if you're a good trader. You know that you're a good trader and you're good at consistently getting money from the stock market. You know how to trade because you wouldn't have any what? You wouldn't have debt, Abby. You wouldn't and have debt. And, and that only happens when you respect risk management, too. Exactly. Right? So, so people say, Chris, well, I can I can use this money to yeah. invest, right? I can use this money to invest rather than pay off debt. But my thing is, you, really, always you might lose that trade. money, too, in the stock market. Exactly. Right. How, how how much money have you made? If, you, if you're a great trader, you you probably won't have a lot of credit card debt. Yep. Because you would have been making money to pay off those credit cards in the Absolutely. first place. So, so, so now so now if somebody's not great Wait. at trading to, to say, look, I'm going to invest this money rather than pay off debt. Then mm -hmm. if, if that's not the case, then we need to pay off debt right now. Right? Don't, don't say hey, I can invest this money. I can figure it out because what happens, you yeah. may end up blowing up an account. Yeah. Right. Even though it looks attractive. Does that yeah. make sense? It, it may not always work. So, guys, we it's. See, it's more than just about the numbers. It it's is. more than just about the strategies. It's also about your emotions, right? And oh, see, people say, Chris, um, you know, you're a financial advisor. Yes, but at the same time, my main job is to make sure I manage your emotions. Uh, yes, I can manage money all day. I can put together great portfolios. I can make sure we mitigate risk during the recession. I can have the, all, help you do all the right type of accounts. But the biggest thing, the, I think the biggest benefit of having an advisor is that I'm going to be the one to help you manage your emotions when things get tight. I'm going to be the one to help you manage your emotions. Okay, what what should I do next, Chris? That's yeah. something that I can be that positive soundboard for you to make sure that you're right making the right financial decision, but looking at everything holistically, not in tunnel vision. Does that make sense? You cannot okay. be tunnel vision when it comes to a financial plan, right? Yeah. And I don't think we talk about mindset. And I mean, Drake, she talks about my, like, mindset is so important. It's so you know, important, right? It's when someone's so financial plan. Right. You know, there's something you said earlier that I think you guys should really look at. If you guys have high um, um, credit cards um, that have high interest rates on them, I definitely would say the first step that you need to do is get a sheet of paper, get a pen, write down all these credit cards and start making research and find other banks that you can transfer these um, credit cards to that has a zero interest for a period of time. So let's just say you have one that they'll give you for 48, 48, um, 48 months, right? Now you have 48 months to pay this credit card off interest-free. So yeah, start being um, intentional. Remember, having a relationship with your money is so important. That is so important too when it comes to your debt. Don't be the don't be risk management is not just in the stock market. Okay. <laughs> risk management has everything to do with your finance as well too. So yeah, find ways where you can transfer those credit cards. Like if I've maxed my credit card, I'm like, uh, -uh I'm not paying this 18%. I'll transfer that credit card within 30 days. Let's go. Come on. We're going to have to have another show. My emotions, my money. Come on now. My emotions, my money. <laughs> oh, I like that one. We should you like that one? We'll be like, Mark, that's the that's next whole, topic. That's the whole <laughs> Right, what do you think back. about trading stocks inside of wait, your HSA? Wait, mm. can we, let me finish. Let me. Uh, I'm sorry. Let yeah, me finish. Let's finish. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll go back to that. But that's a good question. Make sure we go back to it. So, because I want to make sure uh, we go through it. Okay. So we said take seven to ten years, twice the cost. Boom, boom, boom. We talked about that. Everyone said okay. We talked about everything here. So yeah. one thing that I want us to understand, she says, look at the bottom. Okay, I didn't, I didn't copy and paste, but she says she has five years at the. It's not on this email on, on the screen, but in the email, I don't. I hate I marked that off. It says she has five years to make sure we get this plan to work. Okay. So she's six years old. So I'm when she says five years to make this plan.
plan work. I wish you would have called me. So if you're listening to this show, please call me, text me, because I really want to answer your question. And I really want to help you. Um, and I wish you would have called me beforehand, but she didn't call. Me. <laughs> uh, but so she said, I got five years to make this work. Oh, here it is. Yes, I have. Um, I have say five years to make this work. It's here. It is here. OK, so guys, th that goes back to my conversation of, of our, when you're saying, hey, look, I got five years to make this work. How much money do you need to come in per month for you to be financially independent, for you to be financially free? Right. We, you guys got to understand that number. Right. You got to understand, hey, look, where am I at today and how much money am I going to need for me to be financially independent, for me to be financially free? Now, there's different levels of that. So I want to share a tool with you guys real quick that I, that I kind of liked. OK, so what, let me let me know you guys in the chat. What would you guys say that what interest rate you get from a, from an interest rate perspective or a dividend perspective? What, what rate should you be getting during retirement? Right. Or from or not even during retirement. What can you expect? From your portfolio if you're financially independent and what you can say interest rate you can say we can talk about yield what, what would you, what would we say what should our portfolio you want the interest rate or you want the dollar amount either way well i want the rate i want the rate let's let's talk, or the yield let's, let's talk about the yield okay all right so this is what i'm going for. i know mine already come on let me let's stop start. sharing this i want to present something else real quick we'll start stop the show what is it guys what i want i want to hear i want to see everyone else's perspective all right, we're gonna go to window. We're gonna go to this right here. We'll go to what interest? What interest that? What is the um, percentage of interest that you guys want to receive, either from your dividends or your um, your um, investment, right? Either on a monthly, some people monthly, some people quarterly, or on a yearly base. Yeah. Eight percent. Okay. Right. So think about this. Mm -mm. I need. Well, I need. I need twenty percent. You know, need twenty percent. So let's look at this, guys. Let's go to Google. Right? Okay. Right, Google's my friend. Let's go. To, let's go to Google. Understanding this. So and and uh, I hate these numbers. Right. Okay. So as an advisor, right, we're talking about financial independence or financial freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Financial freedom. We're, we want to look at okay, if if the if if we have a, an account and we're not doing any type of big time trading out of it, we're not involved in it, right? It's it's again, it's growing by itself. Yeah. Okay. The, the money is growing by itself. Like you don't have to do anything extra predictor to get a rate of return. Okay. When you're financially what, free, you don't want to do anything. Does that make sense? What would so, that account? What type of account would that be, Chris? Just off well, your head. It doesn't even matter the account right now. We're just talking about the 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 overall picture right now. Okay. okay. So mm -hmm. so let's look at that. So you want to say anywhere they have anywhere they call it a four percent rule, right? Mm -hmm. If y'all you guys if y'all don't know the four percent rule, right? Is that hey look whatever your portfolio balance is on all, across all your accounts you can safely right quote unquote safely uh, uh, withdraw four percent of that balance every single year and you pretty much live off the principal okay that's what that four percent rule says now i think because of inflation i think they've actually lowered that to maybe three percent recently that's comfortable um but upwards uh, you know you don't want to be withdrawing right? let's say if you have a million dollars you don't want to say hey my portfolio needs to get a 10 percent rate of return Right. Every single year. And I'm going to be withdrawing 10 percent. More than likely, you're going to run out of money. OK, so I see a lot of people putting 15 percent, uh, five to six percent, 12 percent. So this is what it looks like. OK, so well, I want to go here first. The average dividend yield. Let's let's look at this. OK, the average dividend yield. It says, what is a good average dividend yield? Um, is it says uh, uh, in, S &P index companies that pay a dividend historically fluctuates somewhere between what? A two to a five percent, depending depending on market conditions, 
right? Uh, in general, it pays to do your homework on stocks yielding more than 8% to find out what is truly going on with that company, right? So typically, you, you know, you may have MLP funds that can pay, you know, a yield of 12%, 20%, those type things, but you got to understand your balance is going to be more volatile, okay? Yeah. This is a whole other show as well. We're going to talk about this too, yeah. right? So, but when we're looking at a dividend portfolio, meaning that, mm -hmm. hey, look, I'm, I'm financially free. I'm not working. Right. But my portfolio is yielding a 5% dividend. Right. Boom. That, if we got a million dollars, that means we, we can live off about 60K a year. Make sense? 60K right? a year. Right. So let's let's look at it. Hold on. Let me go back to here. He said 60K a year. Guys. That's not enough, is it? 60K a year. Have yeah. you gone to Publix? Come on. No, I'm Have living in Mississippi. We got, I live in Mississippi. We got like Piggly Wiggly and uh, Jerry Lee's and you know what I'm saying? Did you say Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> right. So so let's talk about this real quick. Right. Yeah. So this is a cool little website, guys. It's maybe.co. I literally Google this while we we're on the call um, earlier. Right. Maybe.co. It's like maybe.co. I've never heard of it. This is my first time using this, but it was accurate when I um, back, uh, back checked it on some numbers. So when I was saying to say, hey, look, we got she says I got these five years left. Right. To make this happen. If you have a million dollars that's saved in an account, right? And let's say your monthly expenses is 5K, meaning that you need $5,000 coming in on a monthly basis, okay? So let's say that the portfolio is at the average rate, of, the average return on savings is say 5%. It says that now you would, you know, you would not run out of money. You would have what? 35 years and five months of freedom ahead of you, right? Because again, yeah, you can say a, you can say a, a 10%, 20%, but you gotta think about it. Do you have to be involved to get that 10, 20, percent rate of return in order for that to happen forever is that is that is it is that really a true number right that you can live off of forever no because again if you if guys if you can if you can get a, if you can build a portfolio that gets a 20 plus percent rate of return and you never have to manage it you, hey call me please please call right? me and you don't have to do any fancy strategies or nothing like you, you don't have to, like it's, it's set it and forget it guys that's that's uh, you, you need to have your own investment firm he said in Mississippi in 60K, you can live good. Absolutely. Right. Really? Right. I need to move to Mississippi. You probably do. No, I'm, sir. You're no, not going to move to Mississippi? I'm not moving to no Mississippi. <laughs> so you already know I'm not right? moving to no Mississippi. But, but think about this. So so if somebody, if, again, if if you only have $250,000. Yeah. Put $10 because we need $10 million at 8%. Okay, we just talking. We can't do eight. We're not going to do eight percent because eight. That's not normal. We're not going to get that typically, right? And not doing any work, right? I mean, well, okay, I'll take that back because the S and P has done that, right? Thank so, you. Okay, we can. I was about to call Mark. Be like, Mark, S and P have done eight eight percent. Okay, we can. We can. I guess we can talk. Okay, I'm just going strictly off dividends, but we can. We can have it multiple ways. Yay. How much? How much is this? This is a, a million here, right? Let's go one more zero, right? Yeah, we got ten million, right? So you see, how, you see how the website basis says freedom calls, yes. right? Because if you're monthly, if you only need five thousand dollars a month, you got ten million saved. Okay, freedom calls meaning that look, this money is it's never gonna run out ever, right? Well, let's That's not say, like hold, hold on. Let's make sure we make our disclaimer. That's not not never, but it's it's not probable, right? That again, this is a situation to where if you're getting five percent based on the numbers, right? A lot of things change. Again, don't don't sue me on this, guys, because say Chris told me I can, and I, right? No, guys, this you know we're using numbers. If you if your monthly expenses are only five k and you're getting a rate of return of five percent, then yeah, you are free. 
Freak. Right? But see, guys, the moment, let, let's, let's, again, if your bills are, let's say, you can, uh, that's why I say 10 million is an easy number to get that. You see what I'm saying? Like, you can literally get on 10 million, you can easily get, let's say, $15,000 a month, and you'll still be free. Right? At 5%. Right? You can say you got $10 million saved. What about 20? You, 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 you can have $30,000 a month of expenses and still be free. Does that make sense? I love that word. I love that word. Right. So at ten at ten million dollars, right? You can yes. have fifty thousand dollars coming in. You can have fifty thousand. Right. Think about this. This is where this is where it starts to change. You can have forty thousand, forty five thousand dollars coming in a month. Well, forty. Boom. You can have forty thousand dollars coming in a month, coming in per no. month expenses, and you still be free if you have ten million dollars saved up, and your portfolio is only getting a five percent what dividends. Uh, Right, dividend yield, however you put it. See, see, so that's where we want to look at freedom, guys. Right, I don't, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to have to get a ten percent rate of return. I don't want to have to get a twelve percent rate of return to dictate. Okay, am I going to be free? No, that's too much volatility in our portfolios. You right. I really don't even want to put five percent. I honestly want to say, okay, look, what if my portfolio only gets a four percent rate of return? Can I still have a freedom built life? No. Right. Well, again, it's so only here. You still will. It will still last forty four years. <laughs> <laughs> right, because you, you'll be tapping into the principal by yes. the time, then, right? By that time, yes. Right, you would. Right. What about, I know, Draco. What are we buying, boo? <laughs> she said. <laughs> so, but again, if you if you drop if you got ten million saved and you have thirty thousand dollars in expenses that a four percent rate of return, you still free. But guys, this is why it's so important to number it one is. have that foundation built, right? And then you got to either build a business, have a separate income. Um, learn some type of skill. Thank you. Yes. Have that passive income. Yes. You got to do something. You got to do something. But guys, if we, if we're only, if we only have, right. If we only have 250K. 250K. We can't even go to, we can't go to Publix or what is, what is your store in, in Mississippi? (laughs) Piggly Wiggly. (laughs) Right. Right. Again, if you only got two, if you have 250 saved, and your expenses are, let's say five grand a month. You're only you 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 only can be free for about four years in six months. No, see, two hundred. We can't go to Piggly Wiggly. No, right. So again, if if you only have five hundred thousand saved, that means you only can be free for about what ten years. Yeah, and that's not a long time, you guys. That's why it's so important for us to really focus on saving. I'm sorry, not just saving, but investing the money, investing. right? But but the biggest thing about it all, Abby, is really you got to increase your income, right? You guys know my story. Like I was a, yeah, you know, well. I, I graduated from Tuskegee University, um, I uh, majored in mechanical engineering. So when I was 20 years, I guess what, 20, 22 years old, I started making six figures, right? And um, everybody, you know, my parents were happy. Everybody's cool, friends and family, great. You make six figures, you, you you're good, right? But understanding for me. I understood that if a company is willing to pay me $100,000 a year, I'm at least worth a million minimum. Come on, somebody. Right? Because a minimum. Because, again, they got to afford to pay me that. Make sense? So my, my mindset is, why would I settle for $100,000 a year? Right? So then when I realized that I would need to work 30 years to have enough money saved up for getting me to be free, I got to do something different. Right. So, see, that's when I wanted to learn about real estate. That's when I wanted to learn about building a business, having more income, developing yeah. myself. Because, I, I, guys, I don't want to work for 30 years and, and, no. focus, and try to be struggling to have a half a million dollars saved. Yeah. Right? And, and then you'll be looking at a $1,000 a month 
at four percent, and you can't go piggly wiggly. Exactly, right? Because even at five thousand of expenses, you still only last about twenty-seven years. Nah, four percent. I mean, five percent give us a little bit better. But do you guys see what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta focus on. You gotta begin with the end in mind. Yes. Right, and understand. Okay, this is how we can build our portfolios, and this is a, again another topic. Is understanding when should we start building our dividend portfolio, right? Because sometimes I hear people, you may be 22 years old, but you're building, you're, you're having most of your money go into dividend companies, but you're not actually focused on growth, right? So there's a balance you have to have inside your portfolio allocation. Okay, I need to focus on growth, but also need to focus on getting future income. But yeah. we got to understand that balance. As we get older, I want to have taken more of your growth companies, right? Growth holdings, and I want to move some of that to what? More dividend producing companies, so you have what income every single month. Yeah. Right. So, so again, this is where you looking at your full plan, sitting down with an advisor like myself to go over all those situations to where you understand where am I going, where am I heading? Because we gotta we gotta fo- focus on saving some um, some dead gun money. Wait, right? CT, CT. I gotta get on CT. Sorry, Chris. There. Um. I, I well, I agree with CT. Right. I, yeah. Nothing, okay, there is nothing wrong. Right. No, there is. There's nothing wrong with working for thirty days. My my mom, my parents 30, did it. Thirty years. <laughs> for thirty years, my parents did it. My mom did it. My dad did it. They retired very nicely, yeah. but it's everyone has their own goal. Yeah. Um. So Chris may be okay with one million or two million or three million. I may not be okay with one million or two million. You know. So it's. I would say depending on that individual ways of living in in leisure what is that person purpose so um they want to have 10 million if they want to have 10 million whatever their purpose is in this yeah. planet to build 10 million then they should yeah and, yeah. and i think my, what, what my what my vision for showing is ct um yeah. it, uh, you know my, my the reason why i'm showing is that's why i wanted to kind of back up at 250 because i want to help people understand that everybody's at a di- different income level but I also yeah. want you to understand whatever whatever your amount of savings level that you are at and what your goal mm-hmm. is going to be. I want us to understand how much should we be pulling off that portfolio. That's the key. I mean, put 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 right? um, well, that's, that's put it at one hundred fifty thousand. Let's put it at one hundred fifty thousand. So if somebody has one hundred fifty thousand at retirement, yep. Again, they're, they're going to have to have they're going to have to have a little bit more income. Did I get this right? If, yep. if, they, if their expenses are five thousand, no, we can't retire just yet. Right, but if their expenses are twenty five hundred, mm-hmm. then we can we 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 we'll, yeah, uh, yeah, we, still we still can't retire. That 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 means I gotta look at somebody's social security. So this is yeah. another homework piece, yeah. right? Is that you guys need to go on ssa.gov, right? Yeah. I want you to look at okay, what am I expecting to get at social security, right? How much how much do I have a pension plan at work? Do I have money saved? So see, all those things play a part. Right. Yeah. What we're doing on the screen is kind of showing one one piece of it. But if somebody yeah. has one hundred and fifty, one hundred and fifty thousand, then yeah. they only they, and they want to retire or be financially free. They probably only need to be able to take about three hundred dollars off their portfolio a year, a, a year, month. a month. I'm sorry, a month. Okay, maybe, a they, month. maybe they can do. Yeah. Five and then if you don't, if if it's OK, if you don't have any bills, you don't have any mortgage, you don't have any children in college, you don't have you don't have any past debt. You know what? Um, $800 a month is fine because all you probably looking at now is just, but then again, that person may not have, you know, prescription or may not have any health conditions, may not have to deal with health insurance. So I think when, when, uh, when we look at your current savings, 
I think we need to look at building that saving because yeah. like we said last week, $150,000 nowadays is literally $50,000. We need to be realistic. Absolutely. 150K is 50,000 because my parents 150K and our 150K is two different 150K. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, guys, it, I mean, this is, the, you know, I want people to understand too. Thank you, CT, for your, your comments. It's been, uh, been amazing, bro. Um, again, what, what my goal is for the, you know, for me is for my, sh for the show and how I want to advise people, right? My first question, anytime I have a client is what is their goal, right? Yeah. I want to know what their dream is. I want to know what they're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I also want to help my clients understand, Hey, what's possible. The reality. Right? Again, I, yeah, I know, see, you're good. I know you don't disagree. Right. We're, we're cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're good. Right. So I just, I just want to set the tone. Right. Because I want people to understand that I want I want to be that person to where I want to meet your goals. I want to help you meet your goals, what you what you see is possible. But I also want to be OK. What can I do to help this push put, help this person get to the next level? Definitely. Right. So if I'm sitting down with somebody that says, Chris, I'll, you know, I only need 100K. Great. But in my mind, I want to devise a plan to make sure they, they say they need 100,000, but I want to have another buffer of another 100K in there. Right. Yes. So if, if somebody says, Chris, I need a million, my mind is, okay, how can I build a financial plan? Right. How can I build a financial plan to get them to two million? So it's, it's really about progression and I want to show yeah. that growth. Right. Uh, I know for me, I live in, you know, right now, I lived in California. Think about this, guys. I lived in California for the past nine years. Uh, my, my office rent was like 4,000 a month. My, uh, my business overhead was probably another 12 to 15,000 a month. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, I, minimum, my bills were like 20K in California. Does that make sense? Minimum, right? Just to kind of do all this type stuff. However, when I moved back to Mississippi, again, my, my house note right now is like $735 a month. You know what I'm saying? So, wait, so, wait, I might need to move to Mississippi. Say that again. <laughs> right? It's like 750 a month. But again, so it's just, but, 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 because my mindset is this I'm still young, I'm 37 years old. Right. Yeah. So I, I have a daughter that I want to take care of. So yeah. if I can be around my family, be around my, my mom and dad, they're, they're, they're both about to be 70 years old and I can yeah. decrease my cost of living. Right. Yeah. And, and I can make the same amount of money and still grow my business. See, see, those are the type, I don't even see that as a sacrifice. Yeah. Right. No, I, see that, I see that as a trade off. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it's about trade. It's not, don't, don't always look at every single decision as a sacrifice. No. I, to me, it's just a trade off right now. Yeah. I'm trading off a type of lifestyle that I could have to focus on, boom, I want to live like no one else has before these next 36 months for me, right? To put myself in a position to where I, I don't never have to worry about money. I love it. But I love it. But my, but my, but my mom, my dad, my sister, my yeah. daughter, right? Those, those, the people around me, I want to be able to be that rock for them to make it happen. So that's what I want to be able to show other yeah. people to be able to do and lead them Definitely. to that right yeah, you pivot. Pivot. Yep. There's nothing wrong with pivoting. Um, there's nothing wrong with pivoting from where you currently, where you were at, to where you're currently at now. That's it. That is actually smart. Um, as 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 a world changes, it's, it's very important that we evolve with it too. You know, we're we're currently in a condition to where budgeting is important for us to do. Look at your overhead. Start looking at overall how much are you spending on a daily, on a weekly, on a monthly. Um, I, I the way that I literally run my business is the way that I run my personal life. The way that I spend um, is the same way. You have to be cautious. You have to stay in a budget. You have to respect your budget personally and business wise. Um, and, and that's absolutely okay. Even, 
even if you're making a hundred million, even if you're making a hundred million dollars, even if you're making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that should not change the fact that those things are very important for you to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Charles said we owe we in overtime, so that that yeah. means that it's time for us to go. But because we were only supposed to be doing, we told, we said at the beginning of the show we're gonna do thirty minutes. Lord have mercy, and then y'all got us talking and stuff. Um, but God, I'm glad everybody stayed on it. Yeah. I hope you guys liked everything. Um, don't forget, like, I want to make sure, let me um, stop my screen share real quick, um, present one more time on the slide. No, not that. Can you, can you, can Victor, can you put the email, email address in there? Yeah. Also, guys, if we didn't get your answer, if we didn't answer your question, send us those questions um, 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 through, um, through the email. Send us those questions so we can get them answered for you. Sometimes you guys will ask some of the questions and we didn't get to them. If we didn't get to your question, Email us your question, and we promise you we'll definitely get them um, on, on the next show. Yeah, and I want to, and um, the lady that emailed, I think the lady that emailed me this question uh, tonight that I went over, I, please call me because I want to make sure that I get everything done um, for you. I want to put together a great plan because I think we have some room to go. We got five years to make it happen, and I know we can. Um, yeah. So, guys, I really appreciate you guys tonight. Uh, you know, I'm Christopher Bush, financial advisor. Look me up on uh, Instagram, Facebook, however you want, Christopher W. Okay. Bush. Uh, if y'all need me, let me know. I'm Abby Joseph, your tax strategist. You guys can get, you guys already know how to reach me. I'm the relationship accountant. Don't forget April 18th tax deadlines, guys. Thank you guys for staying up and we'll see you guys next time. Boom, let's make it happen. Outro. we're done. Wait, no, we're sitting.